Whether your eyes are the bluest of blue or the brownest of brown, this show is going to empower you to embrace all of you, no matter what it is, hair, skin, color, height, everything. So you want to tune in for this special episode of Super Soul Sit Down. You're tuned into Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Tune in right now. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Super Soul Sit Down. We are in the building. This is the after show for Super Soul Conversations by Oprah, the podcast. And she has such great topics that we decided to bring those topics to you so we can discuss. I am your ever vibrant, always lit, because you can hear it in my party (laughs) voice, (laughs) Jamie Alexander. And to my left, I have the amazing, wonderful, beautiful, spirited, what more can I say about you, Miss Haley? You're so kind. Hi, guys. Haley J. (laughs) Back on another Monday. See, I think we're feeling this Monday a little bit, but happy to be here to discuss this topic, especially today's show is a really good one. Yes, absolutely. I have to agree. So just to jump in, you guys, this topic was um, about colorism. So Toni Morrison, if you guys don't know, she's an American author. She passed away very recently at 88 years old, but she's the first African-American woman to win a Nobel Prize for literature, and she's influenced countless writers and readers around the world, and she is such a master with words. So this particular episode was about her book, The Bluest Eye. What did you think about everything they had to say about this book and the book itself? My first kind of draw from the book was I always was so jealous of girls that had blue eyes. So I immediately thought, yes, I get that. It's this idea of beautiful. And to this day, I still wish I had blue eyes sometimes, but it obviously goes a lot deeper in this book. And you know me, I'm always picking out my favorite quotes and things like that. But there are so many things that stood out to me. And I'm just trying to think of what my favorite thing was. I think just the idea that, you know, we see people, especially now with Instagram culture, I really think this hits home of just not feeling good enough based on your worth. And although we're making a lot of progress, it was extremely sad to me to hear how girls at age 14 wanted to commit suicide because Mm -hmm. of their outer appearance. And the world telling them they're not beautiful enough and especially the one part where the girl had to hold her skin and she said that she would just wish that her skin would turn whiter and press on it that killed me so it was a it was a heavy one but meaningful and important to talk about definitely meaningful and important and um so a few things we're going to talk about today guys is letting your face speak what's in your heart i really appreciated that then they did a portion on incest in the book which was really interesting i want to touch on that and also the truest compliments and we definitely want you guys to stick around to the end of the show for our special segment own your soul where we not only share some amazing things that people have shared with Haley on instagram online but we also talk about actionable steps that we can take during the week to kind of give us a boost, especially on topics as this. So, I mean, I definitely, you know, being a black woman in America, it's a struggle. You know, I, I remember going through things um, in middle school and stuff and wishing my hair was longer. We would put we would put on a t-shirt and then pull the shirt over our head just so the whole of the shirt stopped at our hair so we could just like pretend like we had yes. long hair and it was very girly and this and that. And it's tough. What One of the hardest things to hear is, like you said, somebody being 14 and literally wanting to commit suicide because of what they look like. The only thing it makes me think is, like, how do we unite as a people to stop permeating the air with the energy of this is what beautiful looks like, this is what things need to be? I think... 
I'm happy to see that there's progress being made on Instagram. You see a lot more women speaking up and not filtering their photos as much or editing out the stretch marks saying this is what a real human body looks like. And we've seen it in the fashion industry. We've seen the kind of protest almost against Victoria's Secret show because they're not body inclusive. So all those little things not little things, but all those steps I think are helping the bigger picture. And you just reminded me of my actual favorite quote from the podcast was when she said, Toni Morrison said, a person's race is the smallest amount of information you have about them. And I think if we all had that mentality, then that would create a lot of change, thinking that this is just an outside fact. This doesn't say anything about who I am because of my skin color vice versa. You know, I think if everyone just had that mentality that we yeah. can go in and say, let me get to know you and make my judgments after we have a conversation versus my opinion of you knowing nothing. Yeah, it's really strange. Um, I I get that a lot kind of too. Like, I feel like, I feel like this is an easy conversation for me to have, not just because I'm black, but just because I feel like that's always been such a thing in this country. That's but, a sad thing. We grow yeah. to accept it. Yeah, but it would be... assume that it's normal. Right, exactly. But that's... And that's what's so hard, because there's something that she said... um, Gosh, I want to find what it was. Anyway, basically what they were talking about is, like, how everything we see and everything we go through and everything we're taught and trained and what you continuously hear, like, is an attack on, like, the way you speak or the way you look. Like, in order to break down a culture, to break down a person, you attack the things about them that... Not that they can't change about themselves, but what it made me think of, for example, is like the way, you know, black folks talk. Like I went to after I graduated high school, I went to, you know, I was in Irvine, so it's pretty white, Asian and Persian. And so when I after I graduated, I got my first job. But I just noticed how so many people would just like, you know, kind of feel like they had to talk to me like, girl, that, 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 that. and it's mm, like... You felt them changing around yeah, you? Yeah, and it's like, it's cool, but it's like... And you know what? Look. I've actually seen people do that, too. Like, opposite. I've seen <laughs> people who are white do that in groups of people who are black, and I'm like, you don't... Have to, you can still be yourself. And yeah. it's funny, it's like, we all see it. Like, yeah. you're not <laughs> fooling anyone here. But, but I think in a weird way, that's maybe the person who's white trying to, like, fit in and thinks right. that, like, you guys will... Not you guys, I didn't mean it that way, but no, people of color it, yeah. would accept them or like them more if they felt like they spoke in the same way or slang that they did. Right. But I at least think that is at least them trying to be friends <laughs> rather than the opposite approach. But yeah, yeah, it's funny how we just go into it with these standards and ideas of what... And it's so weird when you think about it. Like, it is. Because we're so trained all, to like, look yeah, at color. It's all socially trained. Yes. Big time. And so one thing that I really love that they said about, um, so the first topic with um, let your face speak what's in your heart, talking about when a child comes into the room, I feel like I carry that energy personally because I'm, I'm a lover of people. Um, and because my dad was in the military, like I grew up around all kinds of people. So it never was really a black and white thing for me. But I really loved how she put this because we've talked about this in our past shows that a lot of stuff that we go through comes from childhood. So when you walk into a room and your mom looks at you, but she looks like she's analyzing you, she loves you, she cares, but she wants to make sure your pants are buckled, your Mm -hmm. shoes tied, you're looking right before you leave the house, all of that. But as a child, you could receive that messaging and see that face as judgment. And then we're already receiving judgment when we leave the house and all those things. So that was a really cool tip to let your face light up when you see your child enter the room. That was especially beautiful to me because um, my mom actually suffers from Alzheimer's disease and one thing about the disease is that 
they very much go in reversal. They turn into a child, basically, again. And that's where my mom is at. And we don't know if she can understand anything we're saying. And the only indicator that I have is by her facial expression. So that immediately brought me to... You know, you you know what a per- like judge someone based on their feelings when you walk into a room, and that's the one thing that she'll still do. She'll still light up when I walk in, and she doesn't know my name. She can't speak a word, but she lights up. And I was like, that is so true. And it's like we've said this so many times that like all the best lessons we we were taught in kindergarten, and like we no one was born racist. You might be a little kid and and notice that you have a different skin color, and that's just you wondering and just noticing it's a different color. But you're not born to hate a different skin color, and you're not born to judge. That's that's the saddest thing that it's all something that like could be avoided if we just stop being so stupid and stop being so yeah. ignorant. Just like people are people, and just get to know someone and then make your judgments. Yeah, it's going to be, or, you know, it, it's, I don't even know what to say. It's it's a tough topic just because I don't know how we're going to get rid of it. Like, we're such visual people. Like you said, a kid might see somebody, you know, I remember being in Orange County and my friend's little sister, she was so small and young, but she was, I walked in the house and she was really staring at me like she'd never seen someone like me before and I could look at her she, mommy she's brown oh my, like, oh my god you know and it, it was yeah. cute and innocent and they don't know but it's just like where are we as a country and as a people that this is still such a huge topic because like I said I feel it so much like the first guy that I really dated and was in a relationship with like I felt so crappy because I wasn't mixed mm-hmm. you know because my skin wasn't light and my hair wasn't naturally curly and my eye color it's just so it's funny insane. how it changes too because a lot of people would think that everyone not everyone but like the blonde hair and white girl is considered beautiful to all these women in the podcast but I have a lot of friends that are like Brazilian and Spanish and I'm the one who wants to be <laughs> yes. like them so it's just it's almost that we all want what we can't have type thing and it's yeah. And then it's even realizing once we get that, like, is that what we really wanted? Did we want that for ourselves or did we want that because that's what society says is beautiful? And it's always changing. So even the things that we find beautiful now, we're not necessarily beautiful 10 years ago. And it's just this game we play. But back to your question of how can we come together to change that? I think it's just using our voices when we see injustice going on and standing up and even if the whole room is doing something wrong to have the inner strength to be like I don't think that's cool like I just even remember one time in high school one of my good friends she was black and a white boy made a really rude comment a really racist comment about her and I was so taken back because I'm like wait what you don't actually like you don't hear those things that doesn't happen and then when he was just so bluntly like no shame to say something like that I just I yelled at him and maybe didn't handle the best way maybe dropped some uh, curse words but (laughs) I think and obviously you know maybe you can handle it in a more peaceful way but I think stepping in when you see things like that happening and then don't associate yourself with that negative energy and I think the more we spread the positive message hopefully and I would like to say most people I know are not those people so I think it's just also choosing who you surround yourself with and hopefully people as we grow can change that stigma and then it'll just be gone that's my hope at some point yeah absolutely so the the person in this character of the book the bluest eye Pecola so she she went through all these things where she would basically pray and hope and do everything. Unfortunately, I didn't read the book, but I've read excerpts on it, and I definitely would like to read it, especially after hearing this. Um, I think that 
All of this starts with confidence. That's why I like how they talked about how to greet a child and things like that. Like, I don't have kids yet. However, when I do, I want to be more cognizant. Or when I'm around my friend's kids, like, I like something else that they said, because this is something I think about often, is like, instead of, oh my God, you're so pretty, you're beautiful. How about you're kind, you're smart, Mm -hmm. you are so loving, you're giving, like, these are better compliments that we could be dishing out. So it's not just like, you're cute, you're cute, you're cute. So the second you don't hear you're cute, what are you going to think you're not cute anymore? Then the girl with the blue eyes next to you gets a compliment, and now it it's begins. It's funny how when you pay attention that, you start to notice. Like, I work as a nanny part-time, and I will notice mm-hmm. mom saying, oh, my pretty girl, and those things just, like, sting out to me now. And honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with calling a child beautiful, because I think that's still a great compliment, and I would still call my child beautiful. Yeah. But it's also, like, let's not make that the only thing we're saying. Let's also tell them how smart they are, and let's also project this idea that, yeah, you should be able to express yourself. You should be able to feel beautiful because that is a part of human nature. And, I mean, we have physical bodies for a reason. We should be able to decorate ourselves and do things that make us happy on the outside. But make sure in here is good first before letting the outside dictate your worth. That's the biggest thing. I think a lot of people value themselves solely on what they look like. And we're all going to sag one day. So it's like you need to be more than that. Yeah. You know? And it was really good, too, about this book that it was women of all colors that Mm -hmm. enjoyed it and could relate. Because Toni Morrison is very known for... I saw an interview where... this one lady, I should know her name, but I don't. She's an she's not Diane Sawyer, but somebody else like that. Um, <laughs> asked her, asked Toni Morrison, like, are you ever going to write stories about anybody else, or is it all your characters just going to be black people? And she was that's like, a pretty bold question. And that's exactly what Toni said. Like, that's a pretty bold question. Just the fact that you asked that, you don't understand how insanely racist right. that is. And she kind of just spoke about her. She was writes it, stories uh, about people. Was it Megan? Maybe I can see her got my... fired for racist remarks. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I don't know. This was a now. while ago. I, this reminds me of an interview that maybe happened in the early 90s. Mm. But either way, it's just, again, that thing where we have a really ingrained mindset, especially in this country. I don't live in any other country, so I'm speaking about this one, where... Yeah, we want equality, I guess, and we say all these things, but then something like that can come out like, are you going to write about anything other than black people? Mm-hmm. But yet she wrote a book, and it's like, if you're just reading the liter- literature, you'll see how it's just a story like everything else. Like, growing up, when I went to the movies, I never saw black people in the movies, Like, but I still enjoyed the stories. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that Toni Morrison is amazing because she offers so much relatability in these stories and books because we're humans first. I'll be honest with you. When I first started listening to the podcast, I was a little bit nervous because I can't pretend like I know what it's like to be African-American and I was so afraid to come off insensitive or say something where someone would be like, what does this white girl know? Like, she has no idea. And I I want to know my place and I want to acknowledge that, like, I'm not aware and I, but I don't want to be ignorant. I want to understand and learn and listen to people's experiences. But when they got to the second part, we're just pointing out that purple, short, tall, like we all have things in our life that made us feel less than because of our appearance. And you talked about the hair and covering it. I remember getting a haircut in fourth grade Uh and my mom had this idea to chop it all off. And I was (laughs) mortified. I walked into school covering my head as if that was going to draw less attention to me, like (laughs) holding something in my head. But I was covering my head because I was so embarrassed that people were going to see me. I felt so ugly. Uh. And it like, I remember playing volleyball in high school, feeling really bad about myself at a time. And 
I wore full face of makeup to play volleyball. I'm like, you're sweating, girl. What are you doing? And I was just so insecure that there's no way I was going to play a game in front of people and not be, like, ready for prom and then some. But it was just all of the insecurity. And, like, we still have those things every day. But I think the message in general is, yes, the racism is the forefront of it. Mm -hmm. And that's the most important. And that's what we need to acknowledge first. But... It's this bigger picture where we can all unify and say, yeah, there's been a point in my life where I didn't feel good enough just because of how I looked. Yeah, I mean, I totally understand that. And the side note, that interview that you guys might want to check out is with Jana Wendt, W-E-N-D-T. So that's the interview I'm talking about mm-hmm. where she spoke with Toni Morrison and asked her, are you going to do stories about? So I, I didn't know her name, but yes, that was a great interview. But I wanted to ask you, so when you put the makeup on and everything, what do you feel like prompted your negative self-image or what what is it that made you what do you think it is that made you think you had to cover up and put makeup on and be this and be that was there did somebody call you a name did you see something on tv no actually it was was me comparing myself to all the other pretty girls around me i was so jealous of the the older girls or you know just the super pretty girls around me that i just always felt inferior to them and it ate at me like a lot more than I couldn't focus on the game because I was so concerned about what I looked like in the middle of a volleyball game and I was just thinking how much prettier they looked than I did wow I mean I I totally get it like you know I I think about that too there was a lot of for me it was the girls who kind of got more attention Mm-hmm. Like, the attention is a thing. Like, they're always saying how pretty she is or how beautiful her hair is. or da-da-da. Like, I almost kind of feel like a lot of my personality developed because I had no... I kind of had no choice in my mind at the time but to l- look at people and create relationships differently. Because, to me, I was just a tall, skinny olive oil, taller than all the boys, braids, sometimes glasses, like... You know what I mean? I was just a regular kid. I was happy, but it was like, oh, I'm not like them. So I had to shape myself into something else, I guess. When you constantly see someone kind of getting chosen over you or more attention, it's very hard not to go to that mindset of, oh, there's something they have that I don't. That I don't. And then you start seeing all the things you're lacking versus what you do have. And that's just like, I think the hard thing about growing up and finding yourself and fixing the things you want to fix to make yourself feel more comfortable but also accepting who you are and loving that but I wish there was an easy answer I had for that but I think it's just a journey and that's why I feel especially sad for kids these days like I mean we had MySpace and stuff but you know I see myself one of my best friends is absolutely gorgeous like I'm talking every time we go out heads literally turn and people don't hide it like she is clearly a beautiful girl she had to delete Instagram because she was just comparing herself to people and to me, I'm like, you look like them. But to her, that's not what she saw. <laughs> right. So I think it's like you can see this most amazing, gorgeous person, but I don't believe there's one person that doesn't feel like they're lacking in some way. Yeah. And it's, I don't really know the answer to how to fix that. I think it's just getting to a, a point where we're nicer to each other. Cause I think when people yeah. are, you know, calling out others' insecurities based on how they look, that's only gonna really tear someone down. So I think it's like, you know what? Women have cellulite. Some people are bigger or smaller than you, but yes. like, let's just not point that out because I'm sure they know. First of all, like, you don't need to be the one to tell them. Like, it's just not your place to. I just don't understand the need to be that rude and mean to people in the first place. Yeah, like you said in the beginning when we were quoting them, um, not putting the weight on 
people's race and judging them off the bat from that. Because it can be very dangerous to look at someone and judge them, period, but especially off of the way that they look. Um, it reminds me of kind of like that quote where before you talk about something wrong with, you know, the plank in someone else's eye or this the stick in someone else's eye, look at the plank in your own type of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's just like when it comes to physical appearance, I just, yeah, I just hope we leave it all out of the conversation because it's not necessary. Like the weight is in the wrong space. And I think we're missing out on so much. And I think um, you can feel that judgment too. Yeah. Even in, in my position, I... Sometimes going out in West Hollywood, I feel like I'm being looked at as just a blonde bimbo and this girl's got nothing going on upstairs. And sometimes I almost like that because I'm like, all right, let me prove you wrong. If that's what you think of me, then have your opinions. And if you don't care to get to know me, I don't need you in my life anyways. But I do feel it. And you can feel just the way people will talk to you or look to you. And especially judging someone based on their race, it's, it's almost like if if you know that someone's already looking at you a certain way, you kind of almost want to be like, yeah, I'll give you exactly what you're looking for. And it doesn't encourage them to want to be nice. You know, it's just like, I can already tell how you're looking at me. So why should I even like try? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, this reminds me of how important it is to just be yourself. I think if anything, going on that journey to love everything about yourself, be yourself and find out who you are. Like it's such an inner journey But again, we don't talk about it enough. That's why I love this podcast. I love what Oprah's doing. I love our show because it gives us an opportunity to really shed light on what's actually important. I'm so over small talk these days. It's so boring. I'm over it. I want to just get to the meat. And a lot of times people are exactly on the same page. So many people are feeling the exact same ways. Yeah. So I know everybody struggles. Um, So one thing that's dangerous about, especially for girls, and I think men too, because men when they're not getting the attention or they don't have the muscles or the height or all of these things. Yeah, I know it makes them feel insecure. But what's dangerous about it is wanting to get the attention or the response from people that other people are getting. And it reminds me of the topic when they were talking about incest in the book and how she was like, well... Uh, he likes me like at least he's touching me never mind it's my uncle or never mind it's my dad but at least I'm getting attention that was so sad too because on one end you can separate the feeling of affection and when you look at it just simply it's like most people want affection they want to feel love but when you're that young and they're even talking about it's confusing because the sex felt good but you're too young to know how to handle it or what to do and at that point the damage is too late you feel like you're responsible it's absolutely sickening and we need to recognize how much importance needs to go into a child's upbringing because even our last podcast that we covered we talking about so much pain that stems from the inner child and that child needs to get that out to move on yeah it's very true and like i the game like you said the guilt the shame that comes with okay, now I got the attention, but now I'm feeling weird about where it came from and how it's going. And it's just, it is. It's those child wounds that really need to be tended to. And then going forward, making sure that the children to come have what they need in their toolbox to overcome. So that's one good thing about pain and all these lessons and all this crap that's going on. Not only talking about it and exposing it, but healing from it so that way you can avoid it in the future. Like breaking generational curses is what we like to call it. Like we get so stuck in this pattern of doing the same thing or being the same way. Or and we stop asking why we're doing we it. Stop we stop asking do it. why. Right. 
Which I've noticed the weird thing in a lot of the things we do in life. We, I, I heard this on a podcast the other day where it was like, do you ask yourself, you know, you say you have these goals and you want to do these things in your life, but why? And then I'm like, oh, like, do I think I'm just supposed to? Right. Or like, why? And thankfully, I was able to say reasons of why I wanted a specific goal. But I think a lot of us maybe don't know why we want it. Right. Like, what's the root of why we're doing this? And I think that simple question can really bring you to a lot of enlightenment and maybe change direction because if you can't think of a why you want to do something that you're putting energy into every day maybe you don't want that yeah i just did an instagram story about that maybe like a couple weeks ago but finding out that why is so important because sometimes it's your ego you just want to feel important or you want to feel respecting others or yeah you want to feel all these things but going about it in a certain way is super unhealthy so i think asking that question and having an intention and a grounded intention is a super game changer. So I'm glad you brought that up. That's pr- actually pretty powerful, and a lot of people don't think about it. We're just doing because it's the weird, last though, right? It seems it. so yeah. simple. Yeah, but who, what, where, when, why? <laughs> yeah. All the little lessons we learned as kids. <laughs> exactly. It seems so simple, and I think that's the biggest thing. It's overlooked because it's so simple that we've yeah. missed it now. Yeah, it's mind blowing. We pile so much on as adults. It's crazy. Um, one thing too that they said. It was interesting, too, how she described this girl. <laughs> Do you remember when she was describing the girl of her long hair, velvety hair, her lemon drop sweater, and blah, blah, blah? And Oprah made a joke like, I hate her already, like, yeah. basically. And it's so funny because we do that. We glorify, like, certain things and attributes. I remember telling somebody, because Chris Brown did a song, and I think he said something, blah, 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 like the girls with the good hair, blah, blah, blah. So a lot of girls with natural hair kind of got upset, like blah, blah, blah. But then I was thinking, my hair is good. I didn't hear when he said girls with good hair that mine didn't count. Mm-hmm. Good for you, though. I feel like you got to that place right. where now you're strong enough and confident enough to say that. But think about how many girls aren't. Yeah, and people are. To be. We take in our media as like the bible sometimes like we take it in as everything so if we're hearing messages and songs or seeing instagram pictures of people that are getting millions of likes we're gonna tell ourselves oh i need to be that way too to be liked yeah and it's yeah it's again it's unnecessary we have somebody in the chat actually ray goldring who asked what motivates you to pursue what motivates you to pursue in your career um is that written right Pursue. Think you think what, what motivates you to keep pursuing your career? Oh, to keep pursuing your career. Um, I can answer that for myself, um, Ray. What motivates me is my inner drive. It's definitely not about being famous or there's a lot of routes and things I've could have done already just to be on the movie, just to be in the film, just to be in the whatever. But I think that I have a purpose and the way that God made me and the things that I'm going through and have been through need to be heard. I'm not always sure what the platform is, but I know that my story provides healing. And so there's purpose in my pain. And I want to always create a platform to share that, whether it's a nonprofit something, whether I'm hosting, whether I get a chance to be on TV and I'm all whatever. And then somebody asked me about my personal life life, and I can bless a little girl that looks like me who was I consider myself pretty regular. You know, people called me sunshine, and I get compliments, and it's still fresh when I hear it, but it's not my driving factor. So everything that motivates me to pursue career is on the inside and self-motivating, and it's something that I work on every day. What about you? Kind of sucks you went first, because was. I think this is why we met, because yeah. we're very much on the same page with things. But yeah, you know, the older I get, I'm seeking 
a purpose and fulfillment of each day. Yes. And what I love about entertainment is the sometimes I even had to ask myself, like, why do I enjoy watching, you know, celebrity gossip stuff and things like that? But for me, it's a release and I feel like I can just turn my brain off and listen mm. to something that's not super important. So I wanted to be that outlet for someone else. I've always enjoyed entertainment. And I was like, that'd be love cool that. if I could be that release to someone else at the end of the day. And then obviously experiencing life and, you know, what I shared with my mom and dealing with things that were more painful, I really started to find my inner voice and I I noticed the power and even sharing something on Twitter, like if you're having a bad day, send out a tweet, the most responses out of anything. And then I just kind of started realizing there's a community of people that feel the same way. And that encouraged me to find a platform that I can mix both entertainment with more serious topics. So my motivation is just wanting fulfillment, whether that looks like fame and a fortune or it looks like, I don't know, I'm on the journey. I'm still writing the chapters in my book, yeah. but I just know that. I want to wake up and feel like today had some sort of impact, and that's enough for me right now. So stay tuned. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Dot, dot, dot. But I think you just have to have a purpose and know that what you're doing is to fuel you, and you have to trust in your path being your path, even though it's all these distractions and comparisons and feeling like you're not good enough, but you just have to trust what's meant for you will be for you, and you got to put in the work. You can't just expect it to happen, but you also have to let go of things that aren't yours to have. Yeah, and make space for God to work. Universe, God, nature, whatever. Control the controllables. Yeah. I learned that from Maria Menunos, our founders podcast, and that's been my kind of favorite piece of wisdom lately that you gotta let go of what's out of your hands. Yeah. Control what you can control, but breathe. Yeah, because there's a lot of people in this industry that beat up on themselves like crazy because they're not here, they're not there, they they didn't get booked for this or that. And I I don't know if you guys saw this but we had a chat about India Ari's, you know, her path and her journey, and she had to kind of strip herself away from all of the glitz, the glam, the light, everybody making a product of her and all of these things to just get back to the roots. Like, I like to write this. Um, I want my songs. She had like, a song conversation. Yeah. Who song am I when all of this is taken away? Like, who am I? And what do I want? And all these things. So I think that's completely what keeps me motivated and another thing that came to mind when you were talking especially about your mom is that I feel like when people look even on social media and things like that they think beautiful people don't have problems (laughs) it's insane it's like she's pretty she's fine like there's some people that if they don't feel whatever beautiful about themselves or whatever the case and they do see somebody that's beautiful I've heard people kind of like you know, crap on them. Like, I'm sure they're good. You gave me a great example (laughs) of um, a woman who has a platform on Instagram and she is, I don't even want to say like heavier. She's just like a little bit of a bigger girl, but she's very real about photos with stretch marks and things like that. And her, she had comments saying, oh, well, you're only that confident because you have a pretty face, kind of diminishing her not feeling good about her body but like you're pretty so you don't you're still not in that much pain it's like everyone has and you can't tell someone that they can't be sad about something yeah compared to other people's issues maybe yours is much smaller and I think you know there's a balance with that where it's like don't cry because you're you can't get the Ferrari you want when you already have 10 in the garage type thing but it's like your pain is still justified and you shouldn't feel and like I said there's you know lines to it but I think that you shouldn't be mad at yourself for having emotions. Yeah, absolutely. Nor should you allow anyone to make you feel bad for having that mm-hmm. just because you look good. You know, I've seen people literally 
hold back tears, play strong and do all this because they didn't feel justified to feel emotional because people are telling them they should be fine because they look good. That's crazy to me. Well, it's almost like you can only bend so far before you break. So yeah. the more pressure you put on, it's you're a ticking time bomb. There's only a matter of time. So let's just be real with each other now so we don't have to get to that breaking point. Yes. We don't have to get to India R. We don't have to get to all these celebrities that we see ending up in mental health institutions because they cannot take it. I understand getting to that point, honestly. Like, you know, I take criticism too hard now that I can't imagine having thousands of people each day saying things like that to me. Like, absolutely, it would get to me. And I just thought of another little nugget from this podcast of her saying it's actually considered insanity to let other people's views shape how you see yourself. Isn't that crazy? And so I'm like, I'm insane. Okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, we all do. Yeah. And even working, I feel like this is our little therapy session, even talking about me checking to see if someone cool on Instagram is following me. Like, I really don't, I haven't done that in a long time. And I'm I'm really, it does feel good where I'm like, it's okay if they do or not. Like, that that shouldn't define my value based on Instagram follow. And it would only be me allowing it to. That's the thing. I have that power. So it's just choosing how I want to give them my power or not it's yeah. in my hands yeah absolutely so at the end of the day this is a mental health thing so absolutely. the more we can incorporate that maybe that's kind of like the answer here the more we can incorporate mental health into everything that we do it's just as important as math science history and whatever else we're teaching and i here. do love that schools are implementing it more it's great we need it we need it we it, desperately there's no other way around it when you see all the devastation in the world it starts up here and yeah. it starts from and in the podcast are talking about when you see women in jail and you see them neglecting their children or she described them as being very thick emotionally I mm. believe she put it and she said at the root of it all you can see an unloved child yeah. and it starts from just not feeling loved that's yeah. what we all want we yeah. just want love sorry Absolutely. to be cheesy but it's, no, true. it's true like, like if you feel like someone cares about you you're gonna want to be kinder it fills you up yeah. It fills you up. It's an emotion. We need it all. If the hatred meant- comes from pain, I believe. It, oh, absolutely. A million percent. Yeah. Hate, anger. Like, if we what could just talk thing, to like, people, ang- yeah. so much would change. You yeah. Because I feel like we all, we tell ourselves a narrative of how something is. And a lot of times, unfortunately, I think people prove it to be true. But if you can get out of that mindset mm-hmm. and meet someone, just one person, to maybe be different. Right. And who knows the changes we could make. Yeah, I think I read something that said um, anger, hate, and pain, is it's all rooted in love. So whether you're getting the love or you're not, it's all still derived from love, which is insane. But yeah, so this was such a good episode. Um, we could probably go on and on about say, this. Every but time. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to jump into a little bit of this news and gossip. Oh, yeah. Take it away, Haley J. What do I got for you? <laughs> okay, so... Obviously, this was in memory of Toni Morrison. She actually passed August 5th. And I thought it was really cool that Toni Morrison was on Barack Obama's 2019 summer reading list. And he contributed a lot of her books. But he said, to start, you can't go wrong by reading or rereading the collected works of Toni Morrison. Her songs, Beloved, Song of Solomon, Solomon? Yes, Solomon. (laughs) (laughs) The Bluest Eye. Everything else, they're transcendent, all of them. He said, you'll be glad you read them. And then another one was an article from the New York Times that I just wanted to give a shout out of how her impact left the world and especially so many writers. And they wanted to say how they remembered Tony Robinson or Tony Morrison and generations of authors 
they they were editors and they played tribute to the greatest chronicler of the American experience that we've ever known. And so I just thought that was really cool to see how not only did she shape the readers, but other writers and maybe given them more momentum to speak out on important issues that she covers. And that's not an easy thing to do. Like sometimes you might think it's, oh, I'm writing it and it's um, it can hide in some way, but no, you're you're being so vulnerable. Yeah. And I think it's amazing that she had that voice. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing that keeps me motivated in my career. Like, and I also loved, like, shout out to a strong woman. I loved when Oprah said, you know you're you're wise, right? Like, you know that you have this ability. She's like, or gifted. Uh-huh. She's like, yeah. She wasn't like, oh, whatever, yeah. you know, which yeah. most girls would do. Yeah. But she was, like, full Beyonce mode and was like, absolutely. Yeah. I know. This is And that was, that was cool just to hear her own. She knows that she's speaking powerful words. I love it. That's amazing. That's confidence. Confidence, Something that we all need. (laughs) So, yes, I pulled a couple of clips. We'll start with um, Kiki Palmer. I just kind of wanted to touch on something that is very, you know, loud and prominent when it comes to the entertainment industry. And I see it a lot, again, being a black woman. Sometimes I look at black entertainers and I'm, you know, there's a lot going on and, you know, people changing their nose, their skin color, blonde hair, there's all these things going on. But Kiki Palmer um, said, when I was like five years old, I used to pray to have light skin because I would always hear how pretty that little light skin girl was. Or I would hear I was pretty to, to be dark skinned, Palmer revealed. It wasn't until I was 13 that I really learned to appreciate my skin, my skin color, and know that I was beautiful. The actress went on to say that African Americans need to stop separating ourselves by how dark or how light we are. See, when I saw that picture, I thought, she's so beautiful. She's and then so these are beautiful. And we have another picture of her. She's just such a beautiful woman. Um, and, and it's just sad. Like yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it's just sad that we think. And then Lupita Nyong'o, um, she had something to say as well. Love her. She's, yeah. She said, the morning would come. This was her praying. She's so pretty. That's- <laughs> yeah, she was praying for light skin. So the morning would come, and mm. I'd be so excited about seeing my new skin that I would refuse to look down at myself until I was in front of a mirror because I wanted to see my fair face first, she said. And every day I experienced the same disappointment of being just as dark as I was the day before. And then, you know, Alec Weck, who is a very dark um, supermodel, Alec Weck, and I'm not sure if you know, she's so beautiful, super dark-skinned African. And this is, Lupita Nyong'o was talking about her in relation to this. So she said, even Oprah called her beautiful and that made it a fact. I couldn't believe that people were embracing a woman who looks so much like me as beautiful. My complexion had always been an obstacle to overcome and all of a sudden, Oprah was telling me it wasn't. Goes right back to media and how much it influences us. And it almost took just like that one time hearing Oprah and other people calling someone else beautiful that looked like her. Yeah. That that was what it took. And see how quick it can change. It's just like we need to be careful with what we intake and then we need to just be more vocal that. And I think we're I do feel like we're making steps towards it. Yeah, and this is why it's important for us to walk in our purpose and do things that are meaningful because you don't know who you're going to bless. Oprah has given us this platform and many others um, platforms to share. And because of that, people, we learned the week before last that people's lives were saved by things they learned on the Oprah show. To have somebody as talented as Lupita Nyong'o say that Oprah basically validated her because of who Oprah is and how she's carried herself and what she's about, she had the power to speak into that little girl that we now enjoy. Wakanda forever. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> forever. And so, I did, yes. um, wanted to share some responses on Instagram. Again, I like to get you guys involved and I wanted to 
have some people share their experiences on how they felt less than just based on outer image. So, yeah, couple. So, yeah, I was just going to introduce the segment. Oh, sorry. So to, I yeah, jumped again. That's okay. <laughs> we're just going to go in. So, that was all great, but we just want to jump into Own Your Soul. And I love that you're doing this. And I totally want to hear what people have to say about. I saw your Instagram post. <laughs> so, if you guys aren't watching, make sure to tune in so you can respond too, so we can share on air. Yeah, it actually is really cool. And it just brings us together. Yes. Your journey to become more inspired and connected <laughs> I got excited. to the deeper world around us starts right now. Yes. So we have responses from Joselle Mariano. He was actually an actor from an av- another After Buzz show we did called American Princess. So that was cool that he got involved in this conversation. But in a time where he didn't feel good enough was for him acting. He said things are getting much better now, but as there are more Asian roles, but I don't fall into the traditional Asian stereotype, Japanese, Chinese, Korean, that Hollywood seems to like for the leading man. Hence, I always get cast as the villain or law enforcement type. So he still feels, even though it's getting better and he's in a realm of being represented more, he still doesn't fit that specific mold. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Rochelle Woodbury says, not sure if this really applies, but in college, I interviewed for an internship with a sports team and it was an all-male team. The guy made a point to tell me so I was pretty confident I did not get the internship just because I was female so even then just based on your gender not good enough because you're not a guy yeah we gotta stop this we really have to stop so what I love about this special segment we do own your soul is it gives us an opportunity to share actionable steps that we can take into the week that will allow us to kind of change the narrative and shift things into a positive direction totally fill both of them and being in this it's like You know, with the Hollywood thing, yeah, there's certain roles that quote-unquote don't fit certain people, but some steps, well, according to Hollywood, right? Some things that I think that we can do is maybe go through our week and recognize how many times it pops up in our minds where we are stereotyping people or we're looking at people and be like, that looks weird or this doesn't look right or what are they doing or, you know, all of the things that we think. When you said we think pretty people don't have problems, I'm like, oh my God, I still do that. I see a girl on Instagram or someone that's like just so gorgeous and you're like, her life's got to be perfect. She's so booked and busy or she's met boyfriends. It's this, like we get all, so I challenge, my challenge for you and for me is to let's not do that this week. Why don't we spend time looking deeper into people and our own selves before we look at someone and judge them? And yeah, and call yourself it. out. Yeah, Stop yourself, yourself when you do mm-hmm. it. And then try to, you know, not do it to other people. If you don't yeah. want to be done to yourself, don't do it. We got to get over this, guys. We got to move past it. And the only way we can do it is collectively. So, Scouts Honor, Yay. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to be trying to, you know, put people in boxes according to what they look like. And I'm going to watch my inner mind chatter and make sure I'm not doing that to people. I love that. I think I would go, and my challenge for you and myself as well, is just to use your voice. Speak up when you see something that... Yes. And don't be afraid to go against the norm, because the norm isn't working. So it's let's not. let's be more vocal, and it doesn't have to be aggressive or mean. You can say your piece while staying peaceful. So I think it's just standing up for others when you feel like something wrong is being done in front of your face. You know, as long as you keep yourself safe, try and make a difference, and try and maybe just be that voice. Lapita needed Oprah's voice, so maybe you can be the voice for someone else. 
Exactly. So with that in mind, take that in the pocket. That in mind. Please share your comments below. We would love to hear from you guys. If this touched you, if you learned anything, let us know. But we will see you next week, same time, same place, for Super Soul Sit Down. So thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Jamie Alexander, and you can find me on Instagram at Jamie Alexander. I'm Haley J. You can find me on Instagram. Keep up with my stories. I'll post them on Sunday for the responses. At HeyJHAYJ underscore. Okay. Yes, girl. <laughs> yes. On behalf of our BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Black Hollywood Live, the world's first digital broadcast network devoted entirely to urban entertainment and pop culture. Check out our Black Hollywood Live YouTube page for even more great programming and amazing content. And be sure to subscribe and like our channel when you do. I'm your BHL host, Nakia Monet. You can find me on all social media at Kiki Boom Boom or at Black Hollywood Live. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.